Good morning, campers! Have no fear, happy campers is here. It's a summer camp-themed podcast where we reminisce about the stuff that we missed, about the best summers we ever had. And there will be reflection and lots of introspection and a great selection of guests that will stop by. So grab a glass of bug juice, relax, and say hi to both your hosts. We're Julie and Sammy, your podcast family. We're going to start the show. Hey there, Happy Campers listeners. Welcome to a really, really special episode. It's just Julia here. Uh, Sammy is far away in Washington, D.C., and sadly not here for this amazing interview that you guys are about to listen to. Uh, I am here with Nick Bernstein. He Say hi, Nick. Hi. <laughs> hi, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Hi, AK. Hi, everyone. Hi, AK. Hi, producers. Hi, <laughs> hi listeners. The whole camp is involved. Yeah. Um, I met Nick a couple, only a couple weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, and he is the camp all-star that we've been looking for who's hanging out in Los Angeles. Yay. Uh, we've met many of the East Coast camp lovers. Yes. And finally, we got connected with Nick. By the way. Yes. Huge main bias. Oh, huge. Show. Insane. Insane We're for Maine. We're going to try to rectify that today. Sorry. I, I hope continue. so. I mean, Maine, but also very much East Coast, too. Uh, Nick lives out on the West Coast, but yes. went to camp on the East Coast, so he understands the vibes of, of East Coast camp living. I do. Um, and we, don't, we still don't understand the vibes of West Coast <laughs> camp living. That's for, like, that's for later. Um, but... Uh, Nick was, you know, spent, has done everything at camp, but he will, he's going to introduce himself. Uh, you just start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was a camper. I started in the late eighties. Uh, I was a camper for three summers and then I was a camper waiter and an LIT. And then I spent five summers as a counselor. This was all at a camp in the Berkshires in Massachusetts called Camp Taconic. Um, and, uh, and my last summer as a counselor was in 1999 and then I moved to LA after that. Okay, great. So then once you were in LA, uh, were there any camp friends out there with you? I had, I had the same kids for a very long time when I was a counselor. So, um, so I was still very locked into the camp vibes, even when I moved out to, uh, to LA and I didn't have a job or anything yet. I was, uh looking for one in the entertainment industry. Um, and there were a handful of uh, other camp counselors that went to UCLA or nearby that I uh, saw, or even on the like drive across the country, I got to hang out with them on, along the way. But there weren't that many West Coast camp people. Okay, great. So then when you were out there, you started building a career in the entertainment industry. So what kind of places were you working and what kind of things were you doing? Yeah, I knew that I wanted to work in entertainment. I went to Syracuse. Uh, I did the Newhouse School uh, Television, Radio, and Film. And uh, I actually had a... Uh, I wouldn't say... He, he wasn't a friend. He's a friend now. But uh, there was a person who also had gone to Taconic, who was about 15 years older than me, who worked at NBC at the time. And I was put in touch with him by the camp directors at the time. Um, and uh, through... Uh, Bob was his name. Rob. Um, he, uh, he told me that I should look into the page program at NBC in Burbank and that, uh, that was my first job was, uh, working as a page. And, and it was my first job too. Yeah. We have so much in common. But on the East coast, on the East coast. Well, we had a lot of debates back and forth on the phone at that time. Cause we were pre like, it, this is 1999, 2000. So, uh, all we could do was call each other on landlines. Yeah. And compare notes between the page programs. Of course. So you started there, and you stayed in L.A. Do and... people know what the page program is? Probably. 
a little no, bit? No, maybe not. I don't think we've explained it on, yeah. on the podcast because well, it hasn't related. What I'm oh, so excited, because yeah. you guys know this to our, our avid listeners, <laughs> that while Sammy is a lawyer, I have been working in comedy the past couple of years, and I started in the page program here in New York. And so it's basically your all-access pass at least in New York, to 30 Rockefeller Center mm-hmm. and all the shows that tape there. And so for someone who loves comedy, they get to get their foot in the door at SNL or The Tonight Show, Late Night, a bunch of the cool shows that are there. But on the West Coast... Yeah, on the West Coast, when I was there, we did comparable things. We gave tours of the Burbank lot, and we sat people at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, and then there were a handful of game shows that were there. Well, the game shows were there then. When I was there, it was... There was Family Feud. Cool. There was... Louis Anderson hosted a game show there. Uh, actually, wait. Louis Anderson hosted The Feud. Because he used to... I can't do a Louis Anderson impression. Um, but picture Louis Anderson saying, you guys ready to play The Feud? Amazing. That was what he did. Um, to tell the truth, uh, there was a game show called 21, which was when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was really popular. Mm-hmm. They brought back... 21 was like the old scandal game show in okay. the 60s. Uh, it worked for a little while. It's fine. Lots of things come and go. Uh, and then we also... Um, we also got to work on assignments, uh, which you guys get yeah. too, or did. Um, so they put us in a different department for a few months to learn the ropes of what it's like to be an assistant. Do you think there's any similarities between the page program and camp? Oh, a, a million times over. Right? I, so the page program for me was kind of like grad school yeah. for learning w- what types of jobs there are in entertainment. I'm sure you felt the same mm. way. And then I thought that the because the page program rotates and every month there's new people that come in and right. new people that leave or old people that go on to jobs. Uh, I felt like it was a bunch of camp counselors basically. Yeah. And, and you our, started being young and not knowing every, anything. And right. then within three months you were like an old soul who yes. knew everything. Tell people what to do on the tour and yeah. how to deal with like the <laughs> random kid who goes off and, uh, and you got to grab him back and, and um, where you can go and can't go. And um, it was, yeah, it was a really fun year. I actually, my, uh, my wife, Andrea, was also a page at oh, the same wow. time. Right. And she right. uh she started she started like four months later than me, but it was like, Oh, we get to teach all the new kids right. like what it's <laughs> like to do this thing that I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. Sixteen weeks earlier. <laughs> That's great. So then after the page program, what what was My the next first, couple of years yeah. look like? So uh I was a page for almost the entire year. It's based, it was a year long program. Yeah. I think it still is a year long mm. program. And my first job outside of that was uh, I got a job as an assistant in the late night department at NBC. And at the time, uh, there was only one other person in the late night department, and that was my boss. His name is Rick Ludwin. Uh, He was the guy who brought Seinfeld to NBC. He championed Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien and uh, Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon when they were update anchors. And... Um, just was like a wealth of late night information. He had all these Johnny Carson stories and I loved late night, but I didn't even really know the machinations of, of a job like what he did. I don't, you know, most people don't know what an executive does. Right. You kind of have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Um, and you kind of have to learn, um, as you go in that job as an assistant, especially when there's only one person there. Uh, and I ended up... (laughs) Working <laughs> so in you stuck around a long time for like ten plus years. Oh yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. So I uh, and the the more that uh, Rick knew that I really loved late night, um, the more chance he gave me to take on more responsibility in the department, and and he moved me up from being an assistant to being a junior level executive, and 
eventually I became a vice president in the late night department there. Cool. Um, yeah, it was a great time. And it was also, I mean, the camp similarities, no, no bounds. Like the, the group of people who are pages together, it's very much like camp counselors. Uh, these writer rooms and uh, the late night shows, I always felt had a real camp sensibility. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, the producers who are working on these shows, I think they all kind of are like the head counselors. Right, right, keeping to, everyone in, uh-huh. in order, yeah. There is a schedule, you have to follow the schedule. Yeah. Someone has to be in charge of those things. So there's right. a lot of, uh, it, it, camp never ended really. And it's one of those places too, when people you know ask about like what it's like to work in TV too, It's and what it's like to be at camp, and they're both places that are like inherently very fun and like a good thing, but also like everyone needs to kind of keep their wits about them and like stick to the schedule or else it all falls apart yeah yeah it like looks like really fun and easy from the outside yes. but the inside it's like well maybe more tv than camp <laughs> but like it's grueling well, exa- you know, it the, can be grueling yes yeah. they both can <laughs> they, I mean, and can't hours can too because like counselors like what they're being they're expected yeah. to work 24 hours yeah well really i mean i know more about what it's like to be a counselor than yeah I, I do. don't. Then oh, I don't know anything. He's yeah. calling me out. Oh, I don't like that he knows it's so fine. much. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, you put it out there. I did. I hardcore did. By the way, did you know that Sammy wrote a counselor show when she was a? Oh camp? yeah, you can't you know say. That? You know that it's like illegal to say counselor show. Uh, I you did get know thrown that. In the I lake. did know that. I got them out of lake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, if I stayed, I would have. Mm, it's well. basically arson. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, which brings us to so you were so busy growing in this late night department. Yeah. Oh, I and, know one other thing I was going to say. Okay, Sorry, before you jump in there. The other thing that's very similar about these shows yeah. that uh, to camp is that when you're on one of these late night shows, you are there all the time. It's almost like time. 24 hours a day. You like especially. pause the rest of your life in a lot of ways. And so the, you like you get to know these people very fast, very well. The inside jokes just pile one mm-hmm. on on top of the other, and and then those are your friends for life. Also, in a lot of the instances, I mean, the people that you meet on those shows are or in that first couple of years as being a counselor, like. You you hang on to them, yeah. I think I found so far. Yeah, no, I think uh, we found a lot of good similarities between late night TV yes. and camp. Yes. Um, okay, so this was what brings us to our big thing. Yeah. Which is so you're building your career mm-hmm. and doing a great job of it out in California. Thank you. And how was your heart feeling? And how were you missing camp? Or were you thinking about camp? Did you? Yeah. Were you involved in any way? Were you thinking how can I get back? Okay, so you want a, you want a story? Yes. Um. My the hardest year for real was uh, the first year that I wasn't a counselor. So I was having a great year. My I started as a page in like the fall, was a page for eight months, went back to visit. My family lives back east, kind of close to camp. And I, uh, I was very excited to go back in late June, early July and see my family, but also go and visit Taconic. Right. And I knew a lot of people who were still there, and I felt like it was going to be just a, it was going to be great for me, and, and I, I was missing it. I was absolutely pining away for it, even though I was enjoying uh, my life. Um, I had just started, I'd gone on one date with my uh, future wife, right. Andrea. Um, I went to camp. Uh, I went to visit... Uh, my family and I went to camp. I was so depressed, so bummed out that uh, I, I, I couldn't get back into the rhythms of being on the West Coast and being at home. And I didn't call Andy back. I call her Andy. Uh, I didn't call her for like a follow up date for like a week after I got back 
to the point where she's like, well, I guess He's this isn't going to happen. Yeah, because and you were just so bummed. I just couldn't get spot. out of that funk. It's almost yeah. like everybody goes through this at the end at of the end of the camp. summer. Yeah, you're... My summer was truncated into a weekend, basically. Yeah. And my, uh, my summer camp was. And so I was like, how am I going to explain this to someone who... <laughs> Andrew grew up on the West Coast, never had a camp experience before, uh, outside of, you know, a week-long camp or something like that. So the idea of, like... I went to this place for most of my life to date, and I have all these relationships and connections with them. How are you supposed to explain that when I've only been on one date with her? Right. And I just had to, like, come out with it and just be like, listen, I'm just sad about camp. I hope you understand. And she was like, I don't understand, but I'm willing to learn. She did. She gave me the rope. She gave me enough rope. And she was like, all right, well, if you... At least you're honest. Yeah. What was I going to do? Like... There's, I couldn't, there was nothing else that I could say that was going to sound Right. She was like, did you worse. fall in love with your camp, old camp girlfriend? <laughs> was she there? It wasn't, yeah. It was just, no, it was just the place. Right. I just loved it. So, um, so the, the more years that went past, I would still go back and I'd visit every mm-hmm. summer just for a day or two. But the further you removed, I'm sure you go through this. Uh, you just don't know the people anymore. Yeah. So what do you, at a certain point, it's just buildings, right? Right. And memories. And so... Uh, I I had a lot of trouble with that. I, mm. I didn't like feeling disconnected to the camp uh, from Taconic. I, I really just wanted to find a way to. I didn't know what to do to get myself back into that mix because I wasn't going to stop what I was doing. I really enjoyed late night television right. and and uh, my life there. And um, so Andy, uh, maybe to her chagrin, uh, <laughs> suggested that I come up with. Uh, a way to do something at camp that was similar to the things that I was doing at work, which was, I know how shows run now, maybe you should do a show at camp. And um, so there, it was also at the time, this is about 2004, um, where the Taconic was going through a transition from one owner to a new ownership group. Um, and the, uh, the the prior owner was like, you should pitch an idea to to the group. And I thought, Listen, uh, the, I always enjoyed the very first show of the summer um, and what the, the teenagers would put on. So our camp goes from 8 to 15. It's a co-ed camp. Um, and the 15-year-olds are the ones who had the chance to do the first show of the summer. And they used to do a show uh, at or around the 4th of July. And that show was always based on something America-related or 4th-related and... I don't know if I don't know how many shows you've seen that are Fourth of July related. There's just not that many of them. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess there's Hamilton now, but that didn't exist in 2005, and right. I don't even know if you can do that at camp. Um, I wouldn't want to see all these little kids um, trying to rap. Um, I wouldn't want to. I'm sure camps are doing it. They probably just are. Yeah. You know what? Someone should send videos of camps yeah. doing Hamilton to you guys. I would love to see that. Um, anyway, I so I thought. Um, when I was 15 is when I first really felt like I discovered my comedic sensibility. And, um... How, what was going on for you to be able to, like, you were watching things, or...? I think it was a combination of, you know, whatever sketches we would be doing at camp. And there were some, like, when you're 13, you do a show called Celebration, where you're celebrating something um, special at camp. And mm-hmm. when you're 14, you do a senior banquet, which is a themed giant night that yeah. involves a sketch. So, so you get to write like things. within camp, you found that there were a couple of small outlets where you're like, Ooh, I liked writing and then putting that thing up. Yeah. And that the, felt good. Those were some of the first times that I'd try to do anything on my, 
own or that was original like that. And then, you know, I was in the era where it was like the 15th anniversary of Saturday Night Live had come out. And so mm-hmm. you got a chance, I got a chance for the first time to see the, you know, from 76 on, right. uh, all of these now legendary sketches, even at the time, legendary sketches, uh, and Living was Color was... VHS or DVD? <laughs> they didn't have DVDs yet. Um, uh, thank you for showing my age to your loyal listeners. It was just a small burn. <laughs> yeah, Sammy wouldn't have done that to me. No. Um, She's older than me. <laughs> oh, ouch. Touche. <laughs> anyway, I... Um, uh, I I loved In Living Color. There was like, Sketch was a big, kind of a big deal. Um, uh, like a year or two later, Conan started and it was sort of like, oh, this is a show that's speaking to, to what I love right. about comedy. And, um, and I thought the kids are old enough to do something really sophisticated. And the things that I thought I knew about sketch comedy when I was 14 or 15, I actually know now at 26, <laughs> 27, 28, yeah. how to put on a show. I, I was, even though I was West Coast based uh, for work, I still got to help work on all of the shows that were on the East Coast. So at the time, that was Conan and Saturday Night Live. Um, so I would, I knew what the process of a week was like, and I felt like you could recreate uh, the sensibilities of Saturday Night Live in a camp environment. And, um, and so that was the idea that I had, that everything that happens in the first seven days, you get to take and sort of make fun of. Um, and... That show should mean something to you, whether you've never been at camp before or if you've been there for 30 years, uh, because the types of things that are funny should be funny to everyone. And I think kids will get that. Um, And they get to try to do something that's not just funny for uh, all of their camp friends and the younger kids, but they get to try to make the counselors laugh. (laughs) And uh, so that was the idea. Let's do like a Saturday Night Live style show at camp. And what did you pitch the name? for the show. It took a really long time to figure out the name. Uh, I will say, I didn't actually come up with the name oh. until... Do you want to tell our listeners what the name is? The name of the show is called it. Cinecat. Uh, it's spelled C-I-N-O-C-A-T, uh, and that is Taconic Backwards. What? Yes. Mind Did everyone's minds just blow up? It there is, yes. <laughs> Very okay. much in the college... Cinecat. So you didn't come up with it. I did come up with it. You did. But yes. after, a whole, uh, there were some other... I just pitched potential. the general idea. Okay. And I decided, not. let's not worry about the name. The name will come. Okay. Um, okay. And... It's bigger than the name. <laughs> um, Except when you have to make a plaque every year. Well, <laughs> yes. That's that. a big deal. That is... That makes... <laughs> yes. The, the plaques... The plaques are still 4th of July themed. Good. Most of the time. Thank God. Uh, the un-American um, shop. <laughs> we kept it. We kept something. Um... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, we, we wanted to, my whole hope uh, was that um, first that the, the head counselor and the camp owners would think this was a good idea, um, that I, I would go to camp mm-hmm. and I would spend a full week, I'd be there on the first day of camp with all of the 15-year-olds, uh, I would have a whole list of different types of jobs they could do. Um, we would write everything. I'd make sure it was appropriate for the camp, and uh, and we put the show on um, on the Fourth of July. And the counselor said okay. The director said okay, um, and the owners. And then I, they were like, but you have to convince the kids now. So <laughs> we can't I, force them. They no. have to be excited. Yeah, about they want to be yeah. able to do it. It's their last summer right. as teenagers. They have all sorts of. And you said this is two thousand four. This was two thousand. Summer of 2004 is when I pitched the idea, yeah. and then it was for the summer of 2005 okay. that I would start. Um, 
So in the winter of like February of 2005, uh, Jill, the camp owner, uh, invited me to her house. Yeah. Uh, while she was doing a, a powwow with all of the 15s right. uh, for that year. And said, like, why don't you introduce yourself and tell them your idea and see if they would like it. Right. And so there's, like, 27 15-year-olds just staring at me. Do you know how intimidating it is to I just, mean, like, try to pitch a bunch of at kids? At the moment, I'm trying to create more correlations between, like, pitching a TV show to executives and pitching to 27 This might have been harder. 15-year-olds. This might have been harder. They're like, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, like, I'm sweating now just thinking about that day. Uh, because they give you nothing. And I'm not, like... Right. I'm not pitching them ideas because the whole uh, of that they sketches, created, yeah. yeah. The whole point is that we're going to do this together. We're not going to pre-write anything. We're going to treat it like it's an activity that happens at camp. Right. And uh, I mean, obviously, they were into it. <laughs> right. They were, they liked it. They thought it was a a, a good idea. Um, but they still didn't know me. So because it had been at that point six years since I was there. So if they yeah. remembered me at all. Um, they were nine. Like, how much do you remember when you're nine? Right. Um, it was, yeah, it was, I was really excited that they were going to do it. I had ideas of, like, should I have a host and have somebody that is a, a legend at camp be the person who comes on and introduces the show or and is in a bunch of sketches? How do I do, how, how do I do a musical act and who do I get to do a musical performance during the show? Uh, can I do a bunch of, Videos. I know there's a video department at the camp. Our camp, by the way, it's not an artsy camp. It's just uh, Taconic is, uh, it's co-ed and it's kind of good at everything, not yeah. incredible at any one thing. Right. So they've got sports if you're into it. They've got waterfront stuff. Uh, they've got a playhouse and, um, and come on, come all. Yeah. I don't get any money for anybody <laughs> who comes to Taconic uh, from this, although I probably should. I probably should at this point. I'll talk to Jill. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay, so you were, you got them on board, you got there. The idea was to take a lot of the pieces from SNL and, and try to incorporate that in. And uh, one other piece was, is, was kind of like a weekend update style thing that yes. you were well, hoping to maybe get in there too? Yeah, we, um, the, I don't know if, if anyone even, I mean, I think people know that what a week in the life of SNL is like at this point. But maybe it's worth maybe, going yeah, through I it. think it's worth going through because I think uh, we know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I we know. I definitely don't think yeah. uh, all the others. So, uh, I don't know if this is how Sammy did Counselor Show, but we can <laughs> see if maybe I, she'll She won't tell me because the whole thing's a secret. <laughs> I have no there's idea. There's no such thing. There's no Counselor Show this year. Counselor Show is written in one night. <laughs> um, so on a... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll start and, with Monday, yeah. so an SNL week. So, I mean, you know probably even more than I do because you I were in it. I was an SNL desk page, yeah. so I was right in the action. Um, so <laughs> if you're pitching ideas on a Monday to the host, yeah. that's what, if you're a writer or a cast member, you're pitching ideas, then the next couple of days are writing. Right, Tuesday's writing. And then Wednesday, middle of the week, is when uh, everybody gets... Uh, together for the table read or the mm -hmm. read through and they read about 40 to 50 sketches so everyone gets their shot to kind of hear out loud the thing that they wrote and then whatever plays the best in the room is kind of what they move forward with to actually put up that week and then at the same time uh there's probably that's when people start thinking oh we need to write this song we need to put this uh costumes together we need to put these sets together right so uh, all the other people in the other departments who are just kind of taking note oh this one's more complicated so let's make sure we you know, get ahead of this. Even if a sketch isn't going to actually happen, they still have to do all the work um, that goes along with it. And then Thursday and Friday are rehearsals and rewrite days and 
I think weekend update really gets pushed d- a lot uh, done on those Thursday and Friday. Yeah, and then late into the night on like Friday and even sometimes Saturday morning, or they'll be filming those pre-tape sketches. Right. Yeah. And editing through. those, you know, within just a couple hours. It's yeah, it's bonkers the schedule. It's, it's crazy. I'm overwhelmed talking about it. <laughs> and then Saturday show day. Saturday's like rehearsals all day, mm-hmm. full rehearsal in front of an audience, and then the actual live show. Yeah, and they do the dress rehearsal, cut a half hour, and then the live show. So you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we're not a professional organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's what we're working with as the giant template, and then yes. you can just pick and choose what you like of that and what you don't. Yeah, and every show and has... what works for a camp environment. Yes, that's true. And Saturday Night Live is like begat so many of the people who are currently hosting shows mm-hmm. that the a lot of the not everything but a lot of the template of how a sketch comes together even if it's within a day instead of over the course of a week happens in a similar way yeah um and so uh we basically decided to how, how do we how do we can uh condense that and teach people who've maybe never written before or certainly haven't re- written sketches like this before uh how, how do we how do we do that at camp? And that's basically how Cinecat started. Um, I gave them I start every day with like a state of the union of the show, uh, my first day that I'm there. So I tell them um, what things to think about. Like, do you want to do a commercial parody? Think of things that are popular now, and how do we put a camp spin on that? Do you want to do um, what's new at camp this summer that wasn't here before? How do we sort of goof on this new thing? Um, uh, I I'm always try to make sure that whatever we, uh, whatever we, whatever we do sketches on, doesn't make fun of any person. Um, definitely doesn't make fun of any kids, but sort of templates of kids. So like the whiny counselor or mm-hmm. the needy, you know, teenager or the kid who's been in lower camp for too long. Like what whatever template there is, those are things we can work off of. And then I would show them a handful of sketches throughout the year that came from professional shows. That I would say, like, look what they did here. Let's deconstruct this a little bit. Let's talk about what worked, and uh, and think about that as we start to come up with ideas. And um, and then I tell them all the different jobs you can do. Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to act in the show? Do you want to help be a producer? Which means you're going to be with me all week long, working on every little part of the show and figuring out what we actually want to put in it, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and same thing with even something like Weekend Update. Uh, we call it evening announcements, and because uh, we have morning announcements and we have milk and cookies announcements during the day, so evening announcements made sense. And the people who wanted to do that were the ones who wanted to do more graphic-driven comedy bits and and real punchy jokes and uh, something that might be a little bit more monologue-driven. Uh, like you know, when Seth was doing Really, we would uh, do a camp version of Really and. Um, you know, based on, uh, uh, like, what with, was one of those? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, you got rid of the peanut butter because people had allergies. We did. Really? Uh, uh, we did. Well, we called it, we changed the names up. So we called one, uh, one we called What? <laughs> That's good. And it was about uh, how they served the same turkey at lunch for a teenage <laughs> snack. And, uh, teenage snack. Yeah. Um, and uh, how, how, how wrong that was. <laughs> um, how everything kept getting recycled up to the teenagers. Gotcha. Um, it was fun. Um, so, so that was basically, uh, I gave them all of, I tried to give them thought starters so that they could then pitch out all these ideas right. uh, a couple hours later. 
Um, and then based on like the 40 or 50 ideas that they pitched, then we would decide which ones we wanted to write up. Mm-hmm. And we probably wrote maybe, depending on the year, um, but in that first year, we probably had 15 things that we wrote um, and maybe 10 or 11 that we tried to execute. And, and uh, by the time we got to the full show, uh, there were probably nine of them. So we wouldn't cut that much. It's and in that much... first year, were, were there any pre-tapes? Yes. Every year we do uh, short films also. There's a whole short film unit yes, that we have. Of course. Um, and SNL has that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we, yeah, we, we try to, the hard thing about camp and camp, uh, the, the most challenging thing I would say about working with 15-year-olds at camp is that it's not a professional we try to make it as professional as we can. Right. They're still kids. But, like, expectations need to... Well, I want to make sure that... Uh, I try to make sure that we're not cutting things unless it's really not working or that we're not cutting somebody out of the show. That mm-hmm. anybody who has an idea, it's a good idea. Like, um, something, like, I really, really strive for with these guys. Even if it's something that we don't end up doing, it could be the thought... the, the Something that we piggyback onto the idea that we do end up doing. Right. Um, and so... Everybody gets to contribute in some way. I never force anybody to do something they don't want. They don't all have to be in the show. When when you first get there, or that like those first couple of days, did you ever do any type of improv, like wor- yes. yes and work or like warm ups with yeah. them? So I often will bring. Uh, I I do two things. Um, I'll show them the sketches, and then um, the ones who d- decide they want to sign up to be actors, um, I'll take them all. I'll split them up, and I'll have them read either. Uh, professional sketches that one of the shows that I've worked on has done in the past um, or older Cinecat sketches um, that they might know but nobody remembers them like like I would remember them necessarily because why would you? Right, right. <laughs> who's who's going to keep like two years worth of um, whatever sketches <laughs> in their heads? So um, so they uh, I'll split them up and I'll make them basically cold read in front of their friends because my thought is I get to see who can uh, who can play what types of characters and how much confidence they have to do this in a small group and assume that'll carry on into the larger yeah, group. Yeah. And then um, and then a little later on, once I have a group that's a little bit more sort of engaged and interested, then I will do improv games. And sometimes they know more games than I do even because I never was a performer or anything. Yeah, just because um, like, maybe like there's drama class and they just kind of there, do some games at camp. There are... Because there were a couple... When I started doing improv in New York, there were a couple things where I was like, oh, Big Booty? No, I know this one. <laughs> this is a camp one. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, I, I think it's... Um, I was shocked that there are so many high schools that these kids yeah, go to that have, that have improv, improv teams. Yeah, yeah. it's getting really popular. Yeah, it's so cool. it's incredible, really, because it's such a leg up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're, I'm much older than you. Um, clearly, we've established this now. Uh, there was, I, I didn't even know what improv was yeah. when I was in high school. I like I, I played improv games, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand that this was a like an art form. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I think they do now. So cool. Um, yeah, we had them all. Uh, we did start playing those games, and it sort of would depend on the year as to when I would do that during the week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you do. So it's basically a read through or a slash uh, slash audition. It's really an audition when they're reading those sketches. I don't really love to call it an okay, audition. Okay. And I don't. I, You're just hearing how they perform and what their comfortability is, and then that yeah. helps as you cast once you're thinking, once you know what characters you're looking for. It, here's, it's the easiest way for me to get to know these kids fast. Because, I, I mean, certainly in 2005, um, I didn't know anybody. 
the more I've, this is now, this is going to be the 14th summer that I've done this. Um, yeah. Does that, is that amazing, you guys? All the listeners out there? It's crazy. 14 years of commitment of, yeah. to camp and sketch comedy in back. one? Yes. Uh, and it's still going. We can all go see it. We, yeah. can, we can all visit camp. You can. Come, By, well, you should really, like... Call first. Yeah, it's, a, it's unclear, like, if it's open to the public. <laughs> Most likely not. But if you guys start charging $100 a ticket... Then it's something. Uh, then, then I won't put it past them. <laughs> um, I, no, they probably, probably won't do that. Um, I think that, uh, ultimately, it's the best way for me to get to know the which kids are, are um, either into the process enough to want to get up there and, and play a character that right. they don't know in front of their friends or pitch an idea that uh, they don't know if it's going to play or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, what their sensibilities are. So we might not have, say, a whole lot of kids that uh, that want to do evening announcements jokes or figure out what those jokes are. But if I hear someone who's really funny in the pitches, I might be like, you know what, can you come over here and like help with this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, or... Uh, when I, I when we get to the writing process and we've decided which of the uh, ideas we want to actually start to put um, put together into sketch form, then I and there I, I let the kids as much as possible um, try to cast people, um, cast their friends. Sometimes mm-hmm. they want to cast each other in it, which is very natural and, and understandable. Yeah. Um, I try to make sure that everybody who signed up to be an actor gets to be in something, but also uh, if I can, I try to take decent notes so that I know, oh, this one was really funny playing loud, so I can make them aloud. This one was real sarcastic, I'm going to make them uh, play that. Or this person can do anything, um, I need them for like three utility roles. Yeah, that makes sense. It's wild, it's fun. Oh my god. Alright, so keep uh, keep going through the week. Okay. Um, so, we've done the pit, everything, all of this almost happens in the first day. Yeah, it's, um, it sounds like a very heavy first day. It's a, Yeah, and I try not to overwhelm with it, because it's, because we are at the point now where everybody wants to outdo the previous year's show. Okay. Um, that makes a lot of sense in terms of how people think at camp. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> and at least, in the world. Yeah. yeah. We want to be better than what came before yeah. us. Yeah. And every week you kind of, well, yeah, every week on one of these shows right. you want to you wanna beat it. And... Right. But also, like, you're, you were very involved in the year before. Yeah. So they start like, like, well, last year wasn't even funny, so it's easier to like, excuse me. Uh, I have gotten very upset at some kids. <laughs> Who were bagging on previous years. Because nobody knows how hard it is until they get into it either. Um, uh, Mad internally, not out loud. (laughs) Um, And uh, and so I would say that once you get to um, the second or third day, um, I spend a lot of time in those uh, days with the writers Mm -hmm. and uh, and the short film unit. So... um, they, they're separated out enough that, okay, we know we want to do, like, we want to try and do these seven or eight sketches. Let's split them up into groups. Um, I often have uh, Senecat alumni who are now either LITs, which is our version of CITs, mm-hmm. um, or junior counselors, or sometimes they're counselors who used to be campers, and I know them from Senecat, so I can, uh, but now they're 15-year-old counselors. Somebody who can help to, like, steer them a little bit during the earliest stages. Gotcha. Um, so you have uh, some support. I have a little bit of support. That's good. Um, and then for the short film uh, group, I want them because uh, we have a video. We have video counselors at camp who I basically commission for the entire week to just work on on the fifteen year olds things because nothing is really nothing's more important at that stage at camp than this show. Yeah. And uh, and it gives everybody an opportunity to say like, hey, look at all these videos that you can do at camp. Why don't you come to video? Yeah. Um, 
throughout the rest of the summer. So uh, for anybody, people love doing short films and they really want to be involved in it. Uh, we can't really do more than four or five during a, a show. Yeah. Which is still a that lot. That seems like a but yeah. yeah. I, would, I would think it would just be one. That seems like oh, a Oh, no, no. We do, yeah, we do at least, probably no more than five. We usually do, we do uh, opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do um, two to three uh, commercial type parodies or a movie trailer. Um, we will do usually like a mockumentary or documentary or a goof on a like uh, reality show. And then there's this one counselor, Steve Burke, who was a counselor when I was a camper. And he, uh, he was the basketball counselor in the um, 80s and he's still a basketball counselor now. Um, he's, a, he's an incredible guy and he's very funny. And we always put him in a sketch. So every year there's a Steve Burke sketch. Oh, uh, sorry, Steve Brooks short film. And so um, so it, before anybody gets a camera and starts recording anything, I make them very I, I make them put out a very intricate beat sheet. Um, I teach them uh, as much as I can in a short period of time how to make sure you don't miss any shots. I mean, I, I know you've made uh, short films too, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it's, it can be an extensive process. Yeah, and if you're learning it as... Well, as someone who, like, in, in high school was just going around and just, you know, pointing it and that was the shot, yeah. I had no idea yeah. that you would try to get coverage or <laughs> see things from different yes. angles and that sound mattered and all these things. Yeah. I, every, I The number of times where I have to tell somebody, like, can you go get the boom? Yeah. Uh, it happens every shoot, every year. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. I mean, we're, we're running around trying to capture. If someone had a rain scene and it happens to rain at camp, because it always rains at camp at some point, we are like, so you have to stop eating dinner. Right now. Run to the video bunk. Yeah. Come on back, because we can capture the Stranger Things yeah. bit that we're supposed to do. Um, so, uh, so as tightly constructed as the short film uh, can be on paper... Um, I, I have to approve it before they go out and shoot it. Cool. But a lot of that happens in those early stages. And then um, and then once we have all of the scripts written, I'm the one who usually types them into sketch format on my computer um, because that's the best chance I have to do a rewrite. Cool. Um, so, uh, and my rewrite is, at the very least, the spirit of what the kids have done. Most of the things I don't change uh, other than trying to make something sound a little more like how someone would speak, mm-hmm. um, which is hard to know when you're 15 how that works. Sometimes I have to ask them also, like, would, what would you say this? Mean? Yeah, yeah, or uh-huh. being like, what does lit mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what lit means. Okay, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I, I spend a little bit more time typing than just, like, trying to hammer it out. Okay. Um, and then I take all of the sketches that were typed up and I go to Staples, and I make 40 packets of them at Staples so that we can have a legitimate read-through cool. similar to what Saturday Night Live does. And that's the first day that a whole bunch of kids who aren't working on the scripts um, and or maybe have been doing other things, they get to come together and actually hear all the things that we had just sort of generally talked about. And it's a really fun day. I invite a bunch of alumni to come and listen in uh, so that they can... Uh, experience sort of like how funny something actually is um, especially when you know like if you've been working on a script for a very long time you forget that it right. works um, so it gets everybody I think it gets everybody excited again about their their bit um, and uh, and then once that uh, table reads done 
Um, I'll make edits as to things that I, maybe I thought were funny in my head or they were funny into it in the morning and they're not funny in the light of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to cut full sketches if I can help it. Um, it just sort of depends. Um, sometimes I act like we, there's so many people that are at camp now. There's probably, just so you know, in 2005, there were about 30 15 year olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's almost 70. Wow. 60, 70, something like that. So when you have that many people also to service for the show, just trying to balance and make sure everyone gets a chance to do something is really important to me because I want everyone, again, to feel involved. Yeah. And, um, and, and then I do the same thing when it comes to our evening announcements slash weekend update style bit. Uh, the further along camp goes, the more we can do what our version of topical jokes would be. Um, and I like to have kids who who are excited about evening announcements if something happens at camp i will find them and i'll be like did you hear that they're like yeah yeah I'll write that down because that's gonna be funny we'll, we'll be able to make a joke about that um and uh we also do have a musical guest who uh it's usually a band most of them are 15 um who, who are musically inclined um and then a lot of times i'll have somebody from either the theater arts department or uh, other people who used to be in Cinecat who I know are great singers or can play guitar or whatever come together and and sing a song that is relevant to the summer. So, um, so like uh, in 2016, uh, it was the summer after Prince died and I had the guys sing a, a Prince song. Um, in like 2011, uh, that or 2012, that song. Uh, we Are Young by mm-hmm. Fun was out, and that felt like the song of the summer and something It's was really crazy cool. because so many times, like, the song of the summer kind of, like, finds itself as yeah. the weeks go on, and then you're, you kind of were like, oh, that was the song. But it, there's so much power to, like, choosing that and having that happen, like, the first week. Yeah. And then that being, like, the anthem of the summer for the next couple weeks. It really does. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, and and I've gone back and forth. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I didn't have a band. Some Early on in the years, I... I thought, okay, here's something. Let me just strip it all the way back for a second. One of the best things that happens at camp, Taconic every day, is we have morning sing. Mm -hmm. And that is when all, I don't know how many, how many hundreds of kids and and adults come to the playhouse. Uh, It's after. Every day. Yeah, every day. So there's breakfast. You go back, you clean up your bunk. The bell rings. You come to the playhouse for sing. Mm -hmm. And every day we sing anywhere from four to eight songs. And there is an overhead projector, and it has the words. And so, some of the songs are, you know, some of the songs are from James Taylor or you know, like Country Roads. Some of them are like Avril Lavigne, Complicated. They sang um, Fight Song, and it made me cry because <laughs> I was still too close to the Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, so these years. are all like popular songs, though. They're not like you're. You're not doing like. Your Tip Camp Taconic Cheers. It's not cheers. It's, it's all like, songs. It sounds so fun. It's an incredible Singing way to start the really, day. Like nice, good songs. Not only it's like uplifting songs. It's all these great songs. Uh, they do Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my god! That the place, like, it's the most magical part what of the summer. Interesting time of day. Yeah, you just kick off the day and you're like you're ready to go. I mean, yeah. we, there's also morning announcements afterwards, which kind of yeah, yeah, kills yeah. the buzz a little right. bit. But the, the singing itself is incredible. Anyway, from that we draw 
whatever musical talent we want. But because of the way that we do sing in the morning, I thought, oh, it'd be really fun to, uh, to take a song um, and have people sing it uh, and put all the lyrics up and, and do it sort of karaoke style. Yeah. So like we did Umbrella one year. We did uh, Don't Stop Believing the year after, uh, the summer after The Sopranos ended, um, because it just seemed like it was the right thing, and it's all Jersey, and there's so many kids from Jersey there, and... um, Who hadn't watched The Sopranos? (laughs) Nobody knew The Sopranos. like, what's this? What was that? Well, that's that's what my mom was watching? Okay. (laughs) That's one of the cool things about (laughs) camp, though, right? Because... You learn about things that you wouldn't have learned about, especially when you're nine, and you're hanging around 14-year-olds who are talking about things that nine-year-olds are not. Well, also think about all of anybody who's... Uh, who's like senior staff and all of the weekend warriors who just come up for uh, to visit their uh, their significant others? Mm-hmm. Um, they're all in their forties and fifties and and even older, Wait, so they is get this it. Weekend warrior. Term? Oh, you, that had to happen for they, you guys, no, right? No, no. If like an older counselor had uh, like a boyfriend or something. They ne- we just heard about them and saw pictures of them in their bunk, but they were like not invited to visit. Well, this is this is different. This is like senior staff oh, and activity okay. directors. People who are like married. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then someone who came up was a week called. Yeah, we call them weekend warriors. Week. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So. All right. So take us to show day. Okay. Um, we usually don't have time to do a full on dress rehearsal. Oh well, like, hang on. I'm gonna take it one step back. Okay. Uh, the day bef- a day or two before the show, um, the way our playhouse is structured, um, we have the stage on one side, and then there is staging all the way back so that um, it's like a rectangle, and the short side of the rectangle is where the stage is, and um, and that's how everybody normally gets into the playhouse. So you're you could be very far back um, watching a show normally, and uh, as you know. Um, there, it's not the best way to watch a comedy show. So I convinced everybody from year one that we need to change the staging just for Cinecat. Of course, that's what makes it special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we're not the only show in the in, in during the summer that will try to mix right, right, something right. up and do something different. But I wanted. But you're the first one of the summer to. Do I get it. to be the first one. That's true. That's true. So I made it so that it's more of a, a semicircle. And everybody cool. is around there, and the stage is in the, in the center. And so everybody can see the stage better and see the people, and they can hear and project, and the laughs come through a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we rearrange the stage first. Uh, and that's with the help of the theater, theater arts department. They'll change, they have to change the lighting also up in the, um, in the rafters. Uh, so there's like, they, I, don't, I think they still like me, but sometimes uh, I understand if they don't. Because sure. um, I do ask a lot. Um, and then... Um, and we try to do as full a uh, rehearsal as possible the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've by that point they've been off script for at least a day. Mm-hmm. Um, D- during the during this point, like before the show actually happens, like mm-hmm. is it one of those things where it's like a secret what? No. Okay. This one so is not, not a secret. Like, okay. Because like if a ten year old was walking around camp and was like, "Oh, are you what sketch are you doing this year?" They could tell them about their idea. It wouldn't be like, don't we shh. Okay. It is a little bit of a secret. Okay. Uh, so. Because, like, I feel like that's how we would play it at Walden. Like, we'd make it all mysterious just <laughs> to be annoying about it. So, <laughs> the the most mysterious secret things at camp are other sketch-driven shows. But that's basically because those have a theme. So, like, the one that's called Celebration, 
that I was talking about when you're 13, you keep that theme a secret. Okay. So if you're celebrating trees, you throw them off with different, you know, uh, like fake skits during other activities that, um, that throw people off the scent. And senior banquet is a much bigger thing. So senior banquet could be like a murder mystery or a, probably not a murder mystery at camp, but, um, you know, Titanic or whatever. Sure. And there's a giant set piece, but they keep all that a secret. Yeah. Carnival is the same thing. Okay. Cinecat is just a comedy show about camp. The individual things that we do during it, I don't like to give those away too much, but I'm not going to raise a stink if somebody hears about, oh, we're going to do another, you know, group therapy sketch or, yeah. or something. Um, and like, the, I think everybody sort of knows at this point we're going to do a Steve Burke uh, thing. Um, but uh, it does annoy me sometimes when, um, when people just sort of wander in and the just watch our rehearsals. Then I tell some. I like. We, I try to get them walking out security. as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and so, but yeah, that night before is usually the first time that we get a chance for them to wear mics. Mm-hmm. And uh, backstage is always really crazy during the shows, like like a real show, uh, because time is of the essence when it comes to comedy, especially yeah. the faster that we can move from sketch to sketch, the, the more engaged we're going to keep our audience. Um, and I, uh, so the more they can, they practice, we have a very uh, elaborate microphone, um, list that we put up for everyone to see. So they can, they know their, who they're trading to. Okay. They know how to take, like how much time it's going to take to put it on and off and change their costumes and whatever else they have to do. Um, so the night, the, the first version of the show in full is usually very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I usually try to do the full dress rehearsal, though, the morning of. Okay. Um, and I, like, I take everybody out of their activities because um, they have, I mean, they, I treat this like this is their yeah, job. Yeah, I assumed no one was going to activities for the first seven days. Uh, all, like, they are? Sometimes they are. Okay. But, but the writers and the producers are not. The, the, sometimes the ones, they are. Some, some, everybody needs a I break every once in a while. I would take the whole week off. Yes. I mean, some people do. Yeah. Some people do. Uh, and the ones who... The, it's the ones who really are engaged with the show and right. want to be involved in as much as they can. Uh, but sometimes they need a break, too. So... Right. I can be like, go to art for a period. Go to the Tatler, like our camp newspaper for a minute. Um, There's a camp newspaper? uh Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was my job as a counselor. I was the... uh, You ran that? The advisor for the camp uh, weekly, the Tatler. Wow. Um, And so, um, yeah, so so those last two days, though, they don't do anything except the show. Yeah. Um, And we do a full dress. Uh, I... I... After I, I usually give them notes and tell them by then it's usually in pretty good shape. Um, most of the time it's in, it's in pretty good shape, and it's just them getting reps and feeling confident in the bits. And if something goes wrong, knowing how to get out of it. Um, easier said than done sometimes. Um, and then uh, <laughs> at a moment of like that that camp stage fright where yeah. you just think it's like oh if I miss the line like. It's over. It, like it's over. Like no mm-hmm. one will ever speak to me at camp. It'll yeah. be the most embarrassing thing ever. But like the stakes are so low, but they feel so high yeah. as the like kid performer. Uh, the, I I mean, <laughs> it, it's hard. It's really hard. Uh, there was, and it happens so often. There was a kid who, uh, 
who just lost it, cracking up during oh, a sketch once. That's real, yeah. And they could not come back from it. And everyone else is like waiting for this person to just stop laughing so they wow. can continue on. Um, and they brought it back. It was really fun, but um, <laughs> but yeah, you don't, you just don't know. So right. however much they can prepare for these things, I I, I try to get them to do that. And then um, and then after lunch, mm-hmm. uh, I do a tech run through because not only is it the first time that the kids are doing uh, everything with mics, it's the first time that the theater art staff gets a chance to hit all the music cues, hit all the lighting cues. Um, know which parts of the stage somebody is at. It's not such a giant stage that we have uh, an elaborate lighting scheme, but there are moments in which a blackout's important or a, you know a cue is important. So I'll run it. I'll do a like very fast run through with them to give them one more chance to do it without the kids on the stage. Cool. And then uh, and then the show is that night. Um, and uh, and then we. <laughs> this is another thing that I learned from um, from Saturday Night Live is that once you've done a show like this, you need to let off a little bit of steam afterwards. So <laughs> I uh, like SNL. SNL has great parties and and they stay up at all hours. Ours is not that crazy by any means, but we um, I convinced the camp to let us go and have ice cream somewhere out as in celebration of the show afterwards. So cool. Um, it's just like a nice way to. You just want to talk about the show, right? Right. right. It's all like, you want oh, to do. that worked so well. Uh-huh. Oh gosh, it felt we. Oh really? Thank you. And like, especially when you're. I this happened to. Um, you know, like when you hit an inflection the right way, but it's taken so many times to do that, and then it worked, yeah, and, and got the laugh. Yeah, you fail all the times so to <laughs> succeed in the show, and then everybody laughs, and we're like, Kyle, you did it, or whatever. <laughs> like, it's yeah. really, really fun. Um, and so it's the best time also for me to get a chance to congratulate everybody and say hi, because I will leave the next day. Yeah. Uh, my camp, my camp is over at the end of Seneca. It's, okay. My camp experience. Oh, that's emotional every year. Oh yeah. Well, the year one, yeah. uh, I cried like it was. Cause like, you didn't want to leave? I or because cried you just, because like, I was so it. happy that it worked. Yeah. And, and that there was potential for this to kind of just continue that it as, felt as like your, it was a, your new place at camp every year yeah it felt like the things that i was hoping to get out of it you know connection to the counselors and the kids and the place and doing something that was actually uh brought something new to taconic and um i i don't think i knew it in 2005 that i would necessarily be doing this in 2018 still mm-hmm. But I can't say I didn't hope that would be the case, that it was like establishing a legacy show that brought back something that I always found um, was really fun. Just, you know, comedy shows at camp are great. And yeah. comedy shows that are driven by the kids, I think are, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. So, um, I mean, I'm sure Counselor Show is great, Sammy, but this is for the kids. <laughs> um, I just was really excited that, uh, that it worked out and that I established connections with these campers and I think one of the other reasons is I I still am very close to uh, my old campers who I was a counselor for in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, who are now, uh, you know, in their early 30s and having babies and, you know, getting married and, and having all these life events. But um, but you still kind of miss being a counselor. And I was like, oh, this is a way for me to be a counselor again. Um, Do you miss being a camper? Not as much. Gotcha. 
But I wasn't a camper for that long. I mean, how I, many? How many years again? I, I was. It was only three years, and okay. I started. Uh, I was twelve. But I was in the thirteens. So um, we don't have specific names necessarily for uh, for the age groups like some of the other camps. Um, but yeah, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen are mm-hmm. the. You're starting to get older. You get to do more activities. I, I really, I, I have great friends from that group, and I loved camp, mm-hmm. and I loved. Uh, I did love being a camper, but I, uh, I think I said this is some, oh, I, I told, uh, I, I did like a mini seminar for today's counselors at Taconic, where I said like, I gained a lot of my confidence as a counselor. Like when I first was a counselor was the time that, you know, I was writing sketches that I thought the camp uh, would be excited about and think was funny, like when I was doing something that was supporting the Tatler or... Uh, you know, we used to have a convention, which was like a, um, like an election. And, uh, so to get people excited about that, we do, you know, a back to the future sketch or a varsity blues sketch or something yeah. like that. And, um, yeah, my first opportunity to be a, like have leadership roles was as a counselor. And I really enjoyed that and I've taken those lessons forever. And so, uh, that was some of the, some of what I missed was being able to, um, encourage kids to sort of like. I, I guess you know the the corny version is like find their truth. Uh, uh, sometimes that's the best place to do that. Cool. Uh, so if you were to zoom out for a second, I, I think you've covered this in a lot of ways, but it's kind of a two parter. It's what does the show mean to you, and then what does camp mean to you? Oh. So you can go. You can start with either one. Okay. I don't know if I don't know if anyone has ever actually asked me that. <laughs> Kudos. Julia, um, camp, camp to me is, uh, it's an extension of my family. Um, every time there's a lot of people are based in the New York area. Uh, anytime that I come to New York for work, I guess I haven't ever said what I do now. Um, I, so I still work in late night. I just don't, I don't work at NBC anymore. I work, uh, at CBS, um, with the late, late show with James Corden and all of his spinoffs. Um, and, uh, and carpool karaoke, everyone. Yeah. Carpool karaoke, uh, drop the mic. Um, I work on this, uh, cold bear spinoff called our cartoon president, um, which is an animated, um, white house. Uh, and, and so I, so I come out to New York and I, I always find a way to make time and spend time with people from camp. And the thing that I, I don't know, I think I, uh, it doesn't matter what era they're from. Um, I'll find them and spend time with them where, whenever they might be. Like some of my best friends are probably like in their mid twenties now because uh, I've known them since 2005 or 2006. Um, and they still, and they, you know, they still are connected to camp also. Um, I also, uh, I, my mom, my mom died when I was five and my stepmom died when I was 14. And um, and sad as both of those events are as life experiences, one of the places where I felt like both I could be around people who I knew cared about me and also uh, had a little bit of distance from those actual events was uh, Taconic. And I think that sort of uh, put a stamp on on that place being very important to me from that early age. And I kind of carried it with me I, I kind of I can retrofit this a little bit to my life, but I can look back I think and say, it's one of the reasons I wanted to continue going there. Um, it meant a lot to me. I wanted to give back to it, 
I want it to be, uh, I really like working with kids also. Um, I always enjoyed it. Uh, I always felt like, um, I was a pretty good listener, uh, at a point when a lot of people need a ear mm-hmm. and, totally. um, and it's easier to talk to people who are, who seem like adults, but they're not that much older than you. Um, so I, I, I liked being that person. And then, um, Cinecat to me specifically, I think is, it's just been the way to combine everything I like into one thing. Yeah. And that was really... Props to your wife. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, now, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I thank her a million times over for it. Um, cause I really do feel like, uh, if I was 14 or 15 and I had a chance to do a show like this, it would have, it would have set me on this path even earlier than, than I, than I did. Uh, I don't know if that was a full sentence. Yeah. And you're, and you're seeing that in ways where people from 2005 or something like that have kind of stayed in touch and, and you've kind of helped them get internships and kind of step into the world of entertainment and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, ha- it does happen now too. Um, you know, it, it can be as uh, it can be as minor as just writing a letter of recommendation for someone to go to college. Oh or, yeah, that's um, so cool that that's that you do that even. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like when you work with someone for two or three years yeah, yeah. in a very no, intensive that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, environment too. It, I, I can actually. I, I don't have to make it up. I can be like, oh no, they they're really talented. They do right. this thing, and um, <laughs> you'd be a fool not to keep them in your school. Um, and and yeah, and then when. A lot of times when kids are in college, uh, you have this sort of moment where, you know, what path are you going to go down? Do you, uh, do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you, do you want to, I don't know, work in business? Um, or did you really like doing that thing? Right. And you start thinking about that more often, which happens now because Cinecat's the first time I think a lot of these kids try to get to act and be funny on things that they came up with themselves. And how do you get that back? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of, sorry parents, but I do a lot of encouraging of... <laughs> I used uh, to, and I think a lot of people hate me for it. I'm like, go for it. Yeah. Definitely go for it. I always say, like, you're never going to regret trying. Yeah. Because you can always go to grad school. You can all, I could even still go to grad school. You, you can go to grad school. You know what? You we, might be a little... We you, can all... You're in no, it too far. My, you're in too deep. My two lawyer parents <laughs> definitely think I could... Yeah, yeah. No, they love me and support me <laughs> But law school is always an option. That's why parents have more than one kid, because at least one of them will probably go down the path that you're hoping, <laughs> while the other one tries to be an artist. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I, I think that... Um, I've tried to still be that person that you can have that conversation with, whether or not you decide to go into entertainment or not. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of times, I mean, it's happened, it happens every year where someone in January or February will be like, hey, I'm graduating in May. Can you take my resume? Um, whether it's camp or elsewhere. And yeah. I'm like, not really, because nobody knows what jobs are even right, needed right. or available until May, June. So, like... I know everyone's freaking out in your family and they don't know because, you know, entertainment jobs aren't like other jobs and you might have five in a year and that's okay. Uh, but you just trust me, like go to New York or go to LA. Yeah. Just commit to the city. Yeah. yeah. Wherever you want to live, do that first and then you can move on and, and figure out where it is and I will help you along the way if I can. Yeah. So I try. I, I've, um, and there's a lot, that, even though it's not an art 
camp specifically, uh, there's a lot of kids who have ended up getting into uh, into one of these fields. Cool. Um, and they're not even necessarily the ones who were always at the forefront of, of Cinecat. Um, so I can't take credit for all of them. Right, right, right. But, um, <laughs> but some of them. Yeah. But some of them, maybe. <laughs> I can take a little bit up. That's great. Yeah. Um, do you want to share your story? I know that you have two daughters. Yes. And I believe uh, one, if not both of them, are now, I mean, both of them. They're both They're both there now, they're yeah. They're both at Camp Takana. Yes. And they're young, so they're not doing Cinecat yet. No, although they've both been in it. They've both been in They've it. They've both been in it, but not... Which honest. brings up another question of mine, which is more a fun fact question that I was wondering. Uh-huh. In Stranger Things, yes. is your daughter 11? Yes. Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was hoping. Olivia's 11. You can yeah. find it on YouTube. <laughs> no, you don't. She's you don't great post. in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, she was very good. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, so, so I guess to go back to my first story about my wife... Uh, she did accept my apology. Good. <laughs> and then we continued dating. Uh, we've been married for uh, almost 15 years now. And we have two daughters. Uh, Ella is 10 and Olivia is 8 and a half. And last summer was the first summer that they both spent in bunks with the girls of their age. Um, and uh, they both did shorter sessions. Um, our camp is seven weeks long. Uh, if you're there, I don't know exactly how it works, but I think that if you're a first year camper, you can do one session. Mm -hmm. So either the first or the second, but most kids are there for the whole time. Um, we're sort of leaving it up to our kids a little bit to let us know how they're enjoying it and whether they want to stay. I have a feeling Ella's going to stay for the entire summer. Um, Livy's probably coming back with us, uh, sometime around like visiting day mm-hmm. so um so your wife goes with oh yeah that's the other thing that also yeah. i yes yeah, so she's a week at, she's a week-long warrior <laughs> she's a week-long yeah warrior. <laughs> um so we've gone through every like uh incarnation of how much time are you going to spend at camp sure uh for my wife um <laughs> and my kids but for my wife in particular um so in those years when they were babies it was I was pretty much there by myself in a shortened period of time. But last year, uh, we were both there from day one, and we spent like 10 days there. And she liked camp always, and she really got why I liked it so much. But last year, I think, like, the magic happened, and she really loved being there with me and with just around the girls and seeing how they liked it. And there's just so many people there that we care about, um... Yeah, it really sounds like a family. Yeah, yeah. it really is. And um, I think we all just appreciate each other a lot now. Um, not my, my family always does, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. us and the camp. Um, and so, yeah, Andy and I, um, we are, we're in it. We're in it and uh, we'll just keep doing it for however long they'll let us do it, I think. Um, can you tell, we're going to start wrapping up here, but can you... Tell us your two favorite, maybe one is like a character and then the other maybe it's like one of those reoccurring but I, uh, sketches from Cinecax. I want to kind of make sure our listeners get a sense a little bit of like what type of humor. I know you mentioned like the group therapy. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Just kind of almost like pitch us. Yes. Uh, you know, two or three maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one of my favorite newer sketches huh. that we've done past two years is called Confessions and 
it's it's a group of teenage girls who are in a bunk together. It's their 15th summer, and they set it up by saying, you know, this is going to be the best summer of our lives, and I know that we can tell each other anything, so let's have a confession circle, and uh, whoever's holding the, you know, the, the bunny, uh, you say whatever you want, and we won't judge you at all. Um, and so they, uh, they have crazier and crazier stories that progress um, just uh, uh, until, until they get weirder and weirder and nobody should forgive any of these kids. So, um, so one of them would be like, um, guys, you know how I like to chew my nails at night? Well, I also like to chew your nails at night. I'm sorry. And it's like, it's okay. We love you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, I thought there was, my nails weren't growing very fast. They're not. It was me. Um, so it just heightens and gets creepy. Yeah. And then Morris is like, uh, remember when you uh, broke your back last summer? Like, yeah. It's like, well, uh, Remember how you fell out of bed? Yeah, well, I took the nails out of your bunk. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought it'd be funny, but there was just so much blood. Like, <laughs> so, like, that's one. And so we've done that two years, because yeah. that's a fun one. And that's the one that involves all the girls. And that's all girls. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, the, so the... I guess I'll give it the, the whole thing, because everybody loves hearing about the sketches that they didn't see, right? Of course. Um, uh... The progression of that one ended up with, um, honey, I have a confession to make. I'm your mother. Mom? <laughs> um, but you're dating Brad. I have a confession to make. Brad's your father. My dad and my mom are in my age group. <laughs> that was, yeah. It, it was very fun. It worked pretty well. Um, I really enjoyed that one, and the girls were great in it. Um, yeah, that's probably... Uh, there's there's a lot of other ones. I think the other ones that are great that the kids um, do is anytime they like, uh, anytime they do a a, um, a short film that's a parody of something that's uh, really in the zeitgeist, yeah. it goes over really well and it's fun. And they'll always include like the camp owners. We did like Mean Girls with all four of the like most important women at camp. And, yeah. Um, the Stranger Things one from last yeah. year, and we did, uh, we recreated the Footloose opening. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those those go over really well. That's awesome. So cool. Um, I think I think we'll wrap it up and say thank you so much for yeah. taking us into the world of, of sketch comedy and camp. And I think all all our listeners who are maybe feeling a bit nostalgic with summer coming up, and you know, being sad that they can't go back to their camp or they don't have a real role there uh they're all probably just thinking okay so this is, yes. this is my passion and then camp is the other <laughs> how do i get there yes you can so, find a way you yeah so i way. think you are definitely a big inspiration to all those people uh, <laughs> and definitely so. and definitely to me because when i heard about what you've been doing all these years and about that you created this thing out of this passion that you have and really like found your way back to camp uh, makes me, you know, just be like that. That's amazing. How yeah. do I do something like that uh, in, in my own form? So you thank you for totally for it. helping me to see connections between if you can, all the things that I love. If you can write that post nasal drip song, oh, you can do a sketch show. That at your that camp. was my finest moment of camp. <laughs> that song, yeah, songs about weird diseases. <laughs> that was just the first. It was the post nasal drip, then hot tub folliculitis, then there was a pink guy song. 
It's my it's my one mark I on mean, Camp Walden because I was not a counselor to leave any more marks. This is your opportunity to go back and figure that out. I know. I feel it. Uh, okay. Thank you, Sammy. Yeah. Bye, bye Sammy. Sammy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Nick's AK. sad that he didn't get to meet you in person, but he will soon. And AK <laughs> as well. Thanks, AK. Um, thank you, Nick. And uh, we really appreciate it. That was awesome. Our theme song was written, recorded, and sung by the very talented Steffi Copeland.